that could stand here and uh, proclaim the word of God. But nobody can stand here and preach a better gospel than I can tonight, amen. So I thank the Lord for his blessings. I want you to be turning with me tonight to John's gospel, the 11th chapter. John's gospel, the 11th chapter. I'll read a few verses through here and give you what's on my heart tonight. In many ways, Tied somewhat to the thoughts we looked at last evening here in John 11. Uh, it is, in essence, Martha and Mary getting a no from our Lord. But before all is said and done, uh, they receive a yes that's far better than the no. It looked like the worst thing that could ever happen to them would be for Lazarus to die. But no, for all is said and done, God's gonna get glory and God's gonna get honor uh, out of all that he accomplishes in their life. You listen as I read uh, tonight. Hear the word of the Lord, beginning in verse one of John 11. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. And that's how it's all gonna come about. But there's a no in there for Mary and Martha at first. Sometimes for God to get the greatest glory out of our situations and sometimes for you and I to see just how big and how good God is, it takes a no coming our way. It says now again in verse five, I pick back up. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And when he had heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the place where he was. Then after that, saith he to his disciples, let us go into Judea again. Then go all the way down with me to verse 17. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had laid in the grave four days already. Go all the way down with you a little bit further now to verse 34. And our Lord said there, he said, where have you laid him? They said unto him, Lord, come and see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, behold how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man, which have opened the eyes of the blind, and have caused that even this man should not have died? Well, of course he could have prevented that. But the Lord meant for a no to be given that a better yes might be received by them. Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave and it was a cave and a stone laid upon it. And Jesus said, take ye away the stone. 
Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. And the Lord will add his blessings to the reading of his word tonight. I want to use uh, these verses tonight uh, to work around uh, this thought tonight, remembering day three on a day Four day. Now you may say, where in the world is he going to go with that thought? I would remind you that in John's gospel, he does not always get specific with dates and times. Uh, For the most part, John speaks a little bit more in what we would call generalities. For instance, in chapter two and in chapter five, he just simply says, and, and after this, and goes into the narrative recording what God does. On over in chapter six and in chapter seven, both those chapters are introduced with John saying this, and after these things, John does not always give us a time stamp of the exact day that something is happening. But there are some occasions in John's gospel that he does do that. And they all seem to have something to do with the Lord and the ministry of our Lord. For instance, in the first chapters of John, we see the opening days, the opening days of John's ministry there. As John's recording, rather, he's giving us the opening days of the Lord's ministry, I mean to say. For he says here in chapter one, uh, for instance, uh, he simply says, uh, says this, uh, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, behold, the Lamb of God, our Lord is beginning his public ministry. It says on down in verse 35 uh, of that same chapter, and the next day, after John stood into his disciples. And again, he says, behold, the Lamb of God. On down in verse 43, the day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, follow Follow me in chapter two. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. Oh my, when John gives us some time stamps, when John makes a note of the day, you can rest assured Jesus is up to something. There's these opening days of his ministry. In the 12th chapter, John notes for us that it is six days, it's six days before the Passover. In those earlier chapters, he gives us a date, a time stamp to point to the opening days of his ministry. Here in John 12, then six days before the Passover, he introduces the, the closing days of our Lord's ministry, tying them to the Passover. And that's fitting because he is the Passover lamb uh, that came uh, uh, to be a, a substitute for his people and for you and for me. In John 5, they are the sacred days of our Lord's ministry. On several occasions, on the Sabbath day, on the sacred day, on the Sabbath day, 
Uh, the Lord would heal there in John 5. The Lord heals that man uh, uh, with the withered hand and he does it on the Sabbath day. Of course, he's the Lord of the Sabbath and he's able to do on the Sabbath day or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or Friday evening. He's able to do all that needs to be done. When John puts a time stamp down, it's cause the Lord is doing something. And in John chapter 20, twice, John gives us another date. John gives us another time stamp. It's on that first day of the week. It's the resurrection ministry of our Lord as he now has risen again from the grave. But there's one more time stamp. There's another day that John draws attention to. And it's here in John 11. And it deals with what I want to call the fourth day ministry. The fourth day ministry of our Lord. Twice I read in your hearing in verse 17 and in verse 39, twice the Holy Ghost wants us to see that the day of this miracle, the day of Jesus coming and doing for them what they could not do for themselves, the day Jesus comes with a yes instead of a no is on the fourth, the fourth the fourth day. Now, if the Holy Ghost says something one time, you and I better pay attention to it. But when he says it twice in the same chapter, he wants to red flag it for you and for me. Christ, by the way, Christ specifically, specifically wants day four to come. We know that because we read there in verse six. When he heard therefore that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place. It took a, that fellow a day to get there. The Lord waits two more days before he heads out. When he gets there, he finds, we read, that John has been dead now four days. You mark it down tonight. If a no ever comes your way, if a day four ever comes your way, it's by God's design, it's by God's will. You can blame the devil, you can blame Bright, you can blame Biden, you can blame uh, uh, Washington, you can blame Roddy. Uh, but if a day four ever uh, rises at your heart, if a day four, if a no ever comes your way, God has designed it. Oh my. Now, to get a hold of this tonight, this thought of the, the, day, the day for ministry of our Lord. I need to say something right quick about the, the past, the past context of this day. Here it is, the fourth day. Do you notice that Mary and Martha, they're no longer out at the tomb? They've left the tomb now. They're in the house. The family has left the cemetery. The tent has been taken down. The folding chairs have been packed up. Everybody's done come and got their casserole dishes from the house. It's been four days now. They have left the cemetery. But here's the, here's the context though that's really behind that. In the cultural thinking of that day, in the traditional thinking of that day. Now notice I said the cultural thinking. I said the traditional thinking. I'm not talking about biblical thinking here. 
But the common thinking of that day that when a person died, that the soul, the soul just kind of hovered over the body, I suppose, a little bit until the fourth day. And then after the fourth day, the soul, the soul would depart. In fact, here's what I found one, one rabbi said. For three days, the soul hovers over the body intending to re-enter. But as soon as it sees the appearance changing, it departs and heads out. Another rabbi said, the full force of mourning lasts for three days. Why? For three days the face and the body is recognizable. But after four days, there's so much corruption, there's so much decay that the soul checks out of here. Now that was the cultural that was the traditional, that's, that's the past context of this day. Say, preacher, what in the world's your point? Well, I do have one. It's day, four, it's day four. They think it's all over. It's day four. They think this no is the last word they're ever gonna get from the Lord. It's day four. They believe all hope is gone. I mean, even when Lazarus died, no doubt Mary and Martha are holding on to just a little bit of hope, but if Jesus will just get here, I mean, if Jesus will just get here, he can bring him back to life. But it's now day four. Lazarus just isn't dead. He's day, he's day, he's day four dead. All the tradition and all the culture said uh, when, when it gets day four, it's all final, it's all hopeless, it's all said and done. Oh my, no doubt it was hard. The moment Lazarus died. But I want to tell you, it was no doubt hard, not just because the brother that they loved died, it's because of the no that has come to them. I mean, that messenger comes back and says, the Lord said that this sickness was not in the death. So Mary and, Mary and Martha say, oh, the Lord said he's not gonna die. But Lazarus up and dies. And he's now been dead for four, four days. Jesus had always kept his word to them. Up until now, Jesus had always had yeses for them up until now. And now Lazarus is dead. Jesus has never been late up to now. I'm talking about a day for day. All hope is gone. All hope of the Lord doing anything, it's all, all gone now. Oh, my I'd say to you that this day four is even harder than the day that Lazarus died. They're, they're living, they're feeling that God has abandoned them, oh my. And here's how we know that. Here's how we know that tonight. When the Lord does arrive, all they can say is, if only you'd been here, if only you'd have been here, all they can say is, if you hadn't said no, if you'd have come when we sent for you, none of this would be the way it is now. Oh my, if only, I mean, had they believed, had they really, really believed the Lord could get him up, 
They would have said, well, since you're here, let's get out to the cemetery. Let's get out to the tomb and let's get that stone rolled away and let's get him out. But no, it's just if only. They cannot see past that no. They cannot see past that no that is pressed in upon them. Oh my. Now, could I remind you right quick? They're not the first, nor are they the last to have a day for day for God to say no. Why? David, David time and again had some had some day four days. David time and again uh, makes some, some, day four, some day four prayers. How long will thou forget me, O Lord? How long will thou hide thy face from me? And when Absalom is pursuing it, when Saul is pursuing it, it seemed, it seemed like everywhere David looks, it's just a big no. It's God has forgotten him. How about Habakkuk? Habakkuk looks around, sees all the wickedness, Sees all the hell in the street. I mean, the book of Habakkuk is as up to date as 2021. I mean, everywhere we look, we see wickedness and hell on every, every, every head. And Habakkuk said, oh Lord, how long, how long, how long? Oh my. Or how about Abraham? In fact, I'm gonna tell you, Abraham had been living a day four. Abraham had been living with a no for almost 20 plus years, maybe close to 25 years, as God had said, yes, you're gonna have a boy. But year after year after year come, season comes, season goes, it's no after no after no. Hey, how about Job? Why, it's like Job is stuck in a day four, for days on end with no let up in sight. Paul, the man called up to the third heavens and has seen things unlawful for men to write down on my, how to speak of. Paul had a lot of day four days, so much so that he despaired. He despaired even of life on occasion. In fact, over there in Acts chapter 27, it's on the fourth day of the storm that God breaks up the ship and they got to float in on pieces of wood or anything they can else can get to. There is this past context of the day. I'm not going to preach it, but there's a future context of this day for day. You talk about some day fours unlike anybody's ever had. In Revelation chapter 6, those martyrs are going to have some day fours and those martyrs are going to cry, how long, how long, how long? Oh my, there's a, there's a past aspect, there's a future aspect to this day four thing. But what I want to mention right quick before I give you my message and I'll be done. There's a present context to day four. There's a present context to this day four. I mean, there's a world of folks still tonight saying how long is this COVID mess gonna hang around? What in the world, what in the world, what in the world are we gonna do? Or maybe, maybe, 
Maybe you've been doing your best to live right, pray right, do right, oh my. And you look around and it seems like the lost have no trouble. It seems like they've got everything and they have it at ease. And you've been trying to pray and get a hold of God. And it seems as if though all God says is no, or if he doesn't say no, he says nothing, oh my. There's a day four that all of us have to contend with time and again. Maybe... Maybe that disease that's racked your body. Maybe that condition that has come in out of nowhere. And it's all you can see. And oh my, it's as if though, it's as if though you've given up and you've rolled a big stone over it, thinking, well, it's all over now. It's final. It's a day for day. But here's my thought tonight. There is a powerful cure for a day for day. Are you ready? Remember day three. That's the, that's the cure tonight. For a day for day, remember day three. Say, preacher, how in the world can you say that? Day three was standing right in front of Mary and Martha. Day three came to them on their day four. Day three came to them, oh my, heavens yes, heavens yes came to them in the midst of their no, oh my, to give them hope. And day three, day three is there. Now, this is real deep tonight, real deep tonight. Get this, I hope you know this tonight. Day three comes before. Day four. Day three comes before day four. The power, the provisions, the promises that they would need to get through day four was provided on day three. Provided on day three. In fact, I want to say to you tonight, when day fours roll around, it's if only, if, if only God had done this, if only God had done that, if only God hadn't let that happen. I want to tell you there's a lot of ifs on day four, but if you ever get a hold of day three, if you'll just remember day three, it'll take out every if out of day four. Oh my. Day three is a day of hope. Day three is a day of promise. Day three is a day of resurrection. Day three will get you through. Day four, his yeses will get you through every no that comes your way. You want some proof of it? It's on the third day. It's after all those years of no. It's on the third day of the journey that Abraham looks and on the third day, he sees that mountain. On the third day of his journey, Abraham saw that place God would provide. On the third day, Abraham is gonna see the Lord provide. It's not if, it's not if. When Isaac says, Daddy, here's the knife, and here's the wood, and here's the fire, but where's the lamb, Daddy? Where's the lamb, Daddy? Abraham didn't say, well, if God provides, no. He's already seen day three. The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Oh my, over there in Exodus 19, they've gathered together at the foot of God's holy mountain and on day three, 
on day three. The thunder goes to rolling and the lightning goes to flashing and God Almighty speaks from heaven himself and gives them everything they need and gives them the word they need to survive every day forward that will come there after. In the 19th chapter of Numbers, they're having a march around in the wilderness. Folks are dropping like flies. I mean, it... It takes a lot of funerals day after day uh, to uh, shuck off uh, their about a million and a half people, men uh, that have not believed the Lord. And uh, they easily become contaminated with dead bodies. And when you become contaminated with a dead body, all forward progress stops. You've got to go through a process of cleansing. And if you'll check it out in Numbers 19, on day three, on day three, a man could wash. And if a man could wash and would wash on day three, on day seven, he could then wash again and be clean. But if he did not wash on day three, there would be no cleansing on day seven. But it didn't matter how many dead bodies they'd been around. It didn't matter how defiled they were. Oh my, if they would but wash and on day three obey the word of God, they could get cleansing for their heart and for their life. Oh my. Hey, how about this? In Esther chapter five, it's the third day. It's the third day that the king is gonna extend the golden scepter unto Esther. Oh my, it wasn't on day one, it wasn't on day two, and you talk about you talk about a no, it looked like every Jew was gonna die, oh my, but hallelujah, God had a yes, and God showed it unto Esther on day three, on day three. Hey, over in 1 Samuel 21, David's being hunted down like a dog. He needs bread. He needs nourishment. And on the third day, 1 Samuel 21 tells us, on the third day, the priest provided him with hallowed bread. The priest provided him with some holy bread. And not just that, the priest provides him with the very sword of Goliath himself. When it looked like David was gonna go under, when it looked like, oh my, David would be defeated, when David didn't have anything and have no defense, hallelujah, God provided bread, if you please, from heaven and the sword, oh my, that David would need to defend himself. That all took place on day three. Day three. Hey, I mentioned on that fourth day, the ship breaks up. Paul floats in on a piece of wood. But remember what comes before day four, day three. And on day three, the angel of the Lord shows up. Be of good cheer, Paul. There'll be, there'll be no loss of life. There'll be no loss of life among thee, just this ship or my. Day three gets you through day four. When the day four day comes, remember day three. But now right quick and I'm circling the runway. Here in John 11, here in John 11, we don't have to go outside of John, but here in John 11, before they go out to the tomb, before they go out there to the tomb, Jesus reminds Martha of day three. He reminds Martha 
of the power of God. Verse 23, thy brother shall rise again. They're standing out there in the middle of the road. They're not at the tomb. Jesus is reminding her, oh my, of the power of day. It's a day for day. Lazarus is dead in a tomb. She's living with the no, but he reminds her of a yes. He reminds her of the power of the resurrection. But see, when you're in a day for day, it's easy for your days to get mixed up. Sometimes when sickness comes, sometimes when sorrow comes, our nights and days get turned inside out or upside down. Sometimes when you and I are in a storm, our days get mixed up and Martha is so mixed up. Day four has so done a number, if you please, on her. Her days are mixed up. Because she hears Jesus say, thy brother shall rise again. But she's not, think, she's not thinking about that day. She's thinking way off down the road. She's thinking way off down the road at resurrection. Oh my. But Jesus has showed up to save you, please. I am day three. I am the resurrection. I am the, I am the eternal day. And could I remind you of that tonight? It doesn't matter how dark your day four is. It doesn't matter how long your day four is is he's the eternal day he's the eternal day remember day three on day four is what I'm trying to say tonight now I'd remind you this is not the first time Jesus has said something about resurrection this is not the first time Jesus has taught them about day three he's been trying to teach them about day three for a long time. He's been trying to teach them about day three before day four ever, ever, ever arrived. While over in Matthew 12, he brings up Jonah. And Jonah, oh my, was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. But hallelujah, oh my, before the sun set on the third day, God Almighty brought about resurrection power and resurrection life, if you please. Oh my, 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 oh my. And we know, by the way, we know Jesus said that. We know Jesus taught them about Jonah and the power of the third day. We know he did that before the feeding of the 5,000, which takes place in John 6. We're over here in John 11. It's before. Day three comes before day four. And I want to tell you, God, really, the Lord really, the Lord really got specific about day three. The Lord really got, got down to business. It's over in Matthew 16. From that time forth, began Jesus to show unto his disciples how he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Now he says that before the Mount of Transfiguration. He says that, he says that before that last week that John 12 introduces us to, before day four, Jesus tells them about day three. But let's go right back here to John 11. Here again, here again, 
the Gospel of John, I say here again in John's Gospel is this truth. Way back over in John 2, it's in those beginning days. It's in those opening days of his ministry. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana, Galilee. And before all is said and done, the wine runs out. It looks like nothing but a big no. But oh my, the Lord, the Lord on this third day, at the end, oh my, at the end, God, as he does in creation, does a mighty, mighty, mighty work, and there's a time of celebration after it. Oh my, 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 my. Hear me, hear me, hear me. Had Mary and Martha only remembered day three, day four would not have swamped them. Now, they get out to the tomb, and the Lord says, roll away the stone. But Martha is so stuck in day four. No, Lord, he stinketh by now. It's been four days. Hey, can I remind you tonight to sovereign God, day three, day four are the same. Oh, my, day four's not any harder than day three for almighty sovereign God. Oh, my, the Lord says, roll away the stone. Oh, my, but you see the stench, the stench, the stench of day four was almost overpowering the sin of the sweet rose of Sharon. And it'll overpower you and it'll overpower me if we don't remember day three. If we don't remember day three. He stinketh, Lord. The Lord gently says in verse 40, in essence, he says, Martha, I just, do you not remember he saith unto her, said I not unto thee that if you'd just believe you'd see the glory of God. Jesus is saying, Martha, I just told you I'm day three, Martha. I just told you I am the resurrection and I am the life. You know what that means? That means he rules over death. That means he's the master over death. Job says death is the king of terrors, but I remind you that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, I don't know all that was going on. I don't know all that was going on inside that tomb. But I got to thinking that corruption and death were thinking pretty good about themselves, especially when day four rolled around. Oh, my, especially when it got a little bit quieter outside that big rock that had rolled on the mouth of the tomb. They thought they had won. It looked like day four, it looked like no would be all that Martha and Mary would have to live in until day three walked up, until heaven's yes walked up and said, Lazarus, come forth. See, he can make day four back up into day three. It's no, it's no problem for him to make the sun back up. It's no problem for him to make day four back up and be swallowed by day three. I don't know all that death and corruption were thinking and doing while Lazarus in this tomb. And you know, just a little over a week, just a little over a week from John 11, they probably were thinking pretty good about themselves again. 
Because now finally they'd laid hold of the Lord of God. Now finally they'd laid hold of Jesus as he was laid away, laid away in that tomb. And oh my, it might look good on day one, it might look good on day two, but the truth is everything that corruption threw at the Lord, it would not stick at the body of our Lord. For the psalmist says, I'll not suffer his body. I'll not suffer his body. Oh my, and leave his body in my holy one to see corruption. It might look pretty good on day one. It might look pretty good on day two. But on day three, he got up victorious from the grave. Oh my, 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 my. Are you in a day for day? Are you in a day for day? Don't forget day three. Spurgeon said this, anxiety, worry, does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. I mean, all that crying, slinging snot that Martha and Mary have done hasn't changed a thing. Lazarus is dead, stones on the mouth of it. It looks final. Anxiety, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow, but only today, only today of its strength. Hallelujah, he's a day three God. He's the God of day three. He's the God of every day. If you and I will just remember that. Oh my, I 